Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Amanda Allred is a licensed professional land surveyor in six Western states, and for many years has owned and operated her own land surveying firm in Silver City, New Mexico. There, she conducts boundary surveys and construction staking, as well as design for large-scale mining reclamation projects, water rights, mining claims, and utility surveys. She currently works for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers as a district land surveyor for the Walla Walla District in Washington State. There, she oversees all land surveying activities for the development of water resources projects on the Columbia and Snake Rivers. Amanda has also worked for the Bureau of Land Management in Alaska and New Mexico. She is the vice president of the National Society of Professional Surveyors, having also in the past served as the president and director of her state NSPS, and also having served on the National Executive Board of Directors and chair of the NSPS Western States Directors Council. And before we start, we will just state the disclaimer here that the opinions of our guests are not also the opinions of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Amanda, welcome. Thank you, Emily. I really appreciate that, and I'm so happy to join you today. It's such a pleasure to have you. Well, I'm really interested in learning more about surveying. I think a lot of people plan out their careers, and they they know exactly what they want to do, and they set out to do it from a young age. And then probably a lot of other people, the majority maybe, kind of come across their career by chance or opportunity. So I would love to know, which side do you fall on? Did you set out to be a surveyor? Well, it's kind of a weird combination of both. When I was growing up, my grandmother actually brought me to Washington State, and I got to look at a lot of the huge dams that are on the Snake River, and I just became obsessed with these huge structures. And I actually wanted to go into civil engineering to become a, a civil engineer on and build dams. But one of the most disappointing things you learn, most dams are built, and there's actually a lot of just rehab that's going on on them. And my father actually was a real estate agent at that time, and he encouraged me to become a professional land surveyor because of the difficulty he had in getting land surveys done. And I took that little tidbit of knowledge with me to college, and when I decided to change degrees, I really looked at land surveying, and there was an opportunity to work in Alaska, and that just secured it for me. And I thought, you know, I'm done with civil engineering. I'm going to try this and see if I can get my <laughs> get up to Alaska to work. So really, you just you're an adventurer, and you just wanted to go to Alaska. <laughs> Absolutely. I was having a conversation with a gal from New York who's actually a surveyor, a land surveyor in New York City. And my dream from early childhood would, was either to work in New York City or Alaska. And um, I told her jokingly the other day that, you know, Alaska just happened to work out. And I was envious of her work she gets to do, you know, on huge skyscrapers and some of the crazy measurements they have to do in Manhattan and she laughed as well. And she said she was an adventurer at heart, too. And that that's why surveying has fit her so well. And that Alaska was also part of her dreams. <laughs> so there's such different types of terrains, yet both are appealing. 
Yes, you know, and that's the thing about land surveying. It's kind of an unknown profession, and which is really unfortunate because it's a high salary. It's um, get in the outdoors. It's use latest technology, and you are needed in all parts of the world. Surveyors are in huge demand, and starting salaries. I was just looking at beasurveyor.com, and the starting salary, the median wage, is forty nine thousand dollars. It's a great career, and there's, I think they listed 43 different types of surveying on here. So it goes into forensic mapping, construction surveying, floodplain mapping, and there's even NOAA mapping, which involves mapping the underground surface of oceans and waterways, which is key to transportation. I want to get back to learning more about surveying and the different types of surveying, but I want to just backtrack a second and talk about your background. You mentioned that your father was in real estate and he just, he noticed that there weren't enough surveyors out there, that it was an in-demand career. Yeah, it was, it's still really in-demand and um, that continues on because we actually have more land surveyors that are retiring than are actually getting licensed. And so being on LinkedIn, I probably get 10 offers, job offers a week from different organizations just because there's such a lack of land surveying professionals throughout the country. And when I started looking at the numbers and comparing the amount of civil engineers coming out of college to the amount of land surveyors coming out of college, it's a drop in the bucket. And it was really unfortunate in 2008 that so many civil engineers could not get a job. And it's still very difficult in many forms of engineering to get a job. But land surveying and surveying engineering and geomatics is an incredibly huge growing industry that continues to be dynamic and is in huge demand right now. That's great to know. And I would love to share that information with our audience, especially in the Hazard Girls community, where I know many people are sort of exploring their career possibilities. So I think this will be really useful for them. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background, where you went to school and how you started out, you said, in engineering? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in a really small town in southwestern New Mexico. Um, I grew up on a farm and a ranch, and my people have farmed and ranched for four or five generations in the same small town. And I think there were 21 people in my graduating class, so very small. When I went to college at New Mexico State, I went on a a scholarship, a academic scholarship, but I was offered several basketball scholarships to smaller community colleges, but they didn't have engineering programs, so I wasn't interested, and I turned them all down, and I decided to go to Mexico State. And there I pursued, I pursued my degree in surveying engineering, and I actually got the opportunity with the Bureau of Land Management for an internship in Alaska. And while I was in Alaska surveying, I actually transferred and went to school at the University of Alaska Anchorage and got a degree in geomatics. And there I really got exposed to GIS and how important GIS is, geographic information systems are to the land surveyor and how they really help overlap and really help define land survey systems. And um, it's a huge industry that if you like new technology and you like creating maps and parcels, GIS as your specialty is an incredible way to still get involved in land surveying. So tell us a little bit more about what is a land surveyor. I know you mentioned that there are many different types. So tell us a little bit more about the basics of what a land surveyor does. And then let's go into some of the different types. 
So the, the main principle involved with land surveying is, is anything involved with measuring um, the surface of the earth is pretty much what a land surveyor does. Um, we're typically charged with performing boundary surveys, which is why we're licensed, because it's such an area of expertise. We have to research deeds and go all the way back through the land tenure system to when a parcel was actually created. So it's a great way for people to get involved with history of parcels and history of the land, but that's just the beginning of where surveying starts. And so another great facet of it is construction surveying, construction staking, topographic surveying, and that basically has to do with anytime anything is built, surveyors are involved. We're the first ones on the ground and we're usually the last ones to leave because engineers need to have the ground mapped so they can perform their engineering studies and design their projects. And then once they have that data, they design it, and then we go back into the field with the designs and tell construction companies where to build them. And so that's called construction staking. And then once the feature is completed, which hardly is ever done to exactly the designs, there's always tweaks in the field, but surveyors are very involved in. So we communicate a lot between the construction companies and the engineers to come up with good ways of, of collaborating and coming to a consensus. And then the as-built are done. And at that point, we actually survey what was built. And those are some of the key key elements of why a land surveyor is so important because we are we're we're really good at mapping all kinds of different things for all kinds of different reasons so i think the general public you know we think of a land surveyor or a surveyor as the person that you see on the side of the road with the yellow tripod which i found out from reading about it on reddit that it's called a total station is that right that's right yeah <laughs> But um, what, you know, what exactly are you doing with that piece of machinery? So typically, that would be a survey technician that's out in the field. Some professional land surveyors do do their own measurements out in the field. But for the most part, when you're at the professional licensure part, you're overseeing all those activities and you're interacting with, with the engineers and with the construction companies. And you have survey technicians that work for you and perform those measurements. And so one of the greatest tools we have right now are robotic total stations, which are actually robotic units where it just takes one person. So you don't actually have somebody standing behind the gun anymore. And, and scanning and mapping utilities using aerial scanners and drones, as well as UAVs. And it's really a great profession for anybody that likes to be up on the latest technology because surveying overlaps completely with utilizing the newest technologies to make the land surveying and mapping more efficient. And right now with BIM and LIDAR mapping, there isn't anything in this world that can't be scanned and put into a 3D model and the drawings actually perform that way, which is it's it's just mind-boggling where we've come in the past 100 years of surveying. That is amazing. Now, is this a male-dominated field? Yes, <laughs> very much so. I think I just became the vice president of the National Society of Professional Surveyors, which you mentioned, and we have about 17,000 members nationwide. 
And in the 40 years that the National Society has existed, there have been four women who have been president. And that's really, that's really a huge number, comparatively speaking, to a lot of organizations. So, yeah, I would say I think less than 10% are women, but it really creates a great opportunity for you to stand out in your field. And I never have a problem with anybody remembering my name. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble because they remember me, but I meet so many men at conferences and um, have interactions with so many different people that I can't keep track of them. <laughs> so if it's a good thing to stand out and really, you know, you really know your stuff and you really are a great asset to your company, I mean, I, it, it's actually a really good thing at times if you utilize it correctly. Just call everyone Bob and you're fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, was talking, I was talking to Angela Casacci from uh, Move Over Bob. How, are you familiar with them? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Move Over Bob. So now I asked her, you know, why did you name your organization Move Over Bob? Is it because of Bob Vila? Is it because of Bob the Builder? And she was like, it's just because like every guy is, you know, every guy of a certain age is named Bob. <laughs> so it just makes sense. I love that. I make a lot, meet a lot of bills in my profession, so maybe mine would have to be scoot over Bill. <laughs> yeah, we love Bob and Bill, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, tell us a little bit about any challenges you may have had as a woman um, in the industry. How was your treatment overall? You know, I think surveying, it's, it's a great field for as, as far as you want to go. And I was always really motivated to get my license and, um, you know, to be the, the guy writing the paychecks and making the decisions. And so if opportunities didn't exist and I could kind of see the writing on the wall, I had one company in Alaska that told me I would never go out in the field because they would have to buy another motel room. And that's not cost inducing. <laughs> and they also told me a number of other things, you know, and I just saw the writing on the wall and I decided to leave because we're, there were so many other opportunities to pursue. So I tried to take those as signs to move on. And, and not that, you know, not that sitting and staying and trying to work something out with people and showing them that you can do things isn't worth it sometimes. But I think um, a lot of the time, some people are born with such internal prejudices that they aren't even aware of. It wasn't my job to fix everything in the world. I wanted to get where I wanted to be, and I was going to get there. Whether or not you were too narrow-minded to allow me those opportunities, I always felt that those were problems that that individual had, and they weren't my problem to fix for them, that I could move on and find another place to be where it fit better. And that's what I really like to encourage young people that are involved with land surveying to do. We're in a very powerful position that our services are so high in demand and you can literally go live and work anywhere in the world you want to with a land surveying career. And we shouldn't forget that as professionals, that we have the right to be treated fairly and compensated for it. And so my dad had five daughters and he brought us up to, I guess, never be afraid of of the male hierarchy and never be afraid to ask for what you wanted, that it was, it was just the way it was. That's just life. And so I think that has, has really served me well in my profession. What an awesome dad. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty great. <laughs> well, let's talk about XYHT magazine. XYHT is a monthly print magazine. She's very big in the geospatial professionals industry. And I wanted to say congratulations because you were listed in that publication as one of their 40 under 40 remarkable geospatial professionals. So what did that mean to you? 
Oh man, I think I was probably 36 or 37 at the time. And it was such an honor. I, I think that of all the things I've accomplished is probably um, my most proud, my most proudest moment in my career because you're nominated by your peers. And to know that I have conducted myself in such a way that my peers thought I fit that category well was was incredibly humbling. I had a a mentor, her name's Wendy Lathrop, and she was one of the first women to be president of NSPS. And she came to New Mexico State while I was going to college there. And I really have to credit her with putting it in my mind that a woman is a land surveyor. There was never any question in my mind that a woman is a land surveyor. And she was my example of how to behave as a land surveyor. You, you know your work well, you, you know your and understand your topic so well that you are the expert on it, that you carry yourself with such amount of knowledge and expertise that nobody questions that about you. And if they do, that's kind of their problem, <laughs> you know? And so it's, I've had some incredible female mentors through the years, and I really owe it to them for never having any self-doubts that this was something I could succeed in as well. So. Well, you talked before about how you are biracial and you're passionate about diversity work. So how is diversity in land surveying anyway? And what, well, other than we talked about the gender diversity, but what about racial diversity? And also, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing to help promote diversity? Yeah, one of my passions is really the lack of diversity in land surveying. And that, and that goes along the lines of women. It goes along the lines of minorities, even so far as I would say different types of, of people, like different types of people with different types of background, including military people um, that just don't know and aren't aware about this profession. So this has always been a male dominated field because women weren't allowed to be surveyors for a very long time. It goes all the way back to George Washington. And that's kind of how he made a lot of his money was as a land surveyor. And in those times, women weren't allowed to and minorities weren't allowed to become professionally licensed. And it's incredibly inspiring to me that it has changed my life so dramatically from a girl that grew up on a farm and a ranch that basically wouldn't have had a six plus figure income had I not get, gotten into such a great profession. I'm really passionate to share that with minorities and to share that with disadvantaged people because they simply do not know it exists. And one of the ways that that these companies were passed down throughout the years was a father, you know, passed the company on to a son and the son became a land surveyor because the father was. And, and that kind of continues to this day that I was fortunate enough that my dad knew about land surveying and he encouraged me that it would be a great profession. And you have a number of individuals that do that for their daughters and for their cousins or somebody, but it's usually by word of mouth. It's usually by who you're acquainted with. And if you're not acquainted with somebody who was a land surveyor, you don't know about it. And, um, and I really, that's my goal is to remove that obstacle of people simply not knowing that this is a great career. If you like to be outdoors, you like to work with the newest technologies, and you like computers and mapping, that this is a really a life-changing opportunity for everyone to pursue. Do you have to like traveling? Is, is traveling involved in all of the land surveying jobs? It is um, to a certain extent, but that can be limited if you like um, working in the office. We have draft 
adapting people. We have mapping people. We have GIS people that, you know, never leave the office. And that's a completely acceptable way to have your career. If you do like adventure and you do like, you know, traveling kind of like I was, there isn't a limit to all the places you could go for um, different surveying work and different opportunities like that. So it's really it's really a profession that fits all types of people. You know, I, you can't really pigeonhole anybody into it. Well, speaking of traveling to different places, you've worked all over the country from New Mexico to Alaska and Washington State. What has that been like for you? I know you wanted to travel, but what has the experience been like? Yeah, it's been it's been really eye-opening for me because going back to diversity, New Mexico is a really a diverse state. We have it's kind of a melting pot because you have the the Hispanic culture that's been there, you know, since Columbus landed and predates, you know, most statehood. And then you have the Native American population, you have a lot of you have a lot of African Americans that came into the state because of there's a lot of um, military bases in New Mexico. And you also have the, the Anglo portion that also migrated there, which is part of my family as well. And, and you know, it's really a melting pot of cultures, I want to say. So when I saw land surveyors in New Mexico, they were, they were female, they were Native American. I worked with a gentleman from South Africa. I worked with a lot of foreign people like that. And it wasn't shocking to me to see anybody as a land surveyor. But the more I moved throughout the country, that wasn't the case. And it kind of startled and frustrated me a bit because I thought, you know, why? Why is there a lack of diversity in this? And so I really had a heartfelt moment with the current president of NSPS, Mark Sargent. And I, I asked them, we really need to explore this and, and figure out why this is. And some part of it that we're seeing when we actually look into the demographics is simply because if you don't know a surveyor, you usually don't know about surveying. And that limits the amount of people that know about it simply by that fact. So we're really trying to expand and increase people's knowledge of this great profession. Do you think that finding a niche like land surveying has a lot to do with happiness in your career? Like, do you think that, um, you know, finding something that is so specific that you can really focus on has a lot to do with career satisfaction and success? For me, it does. For me, it's all tied in together. And I think in the last part of my career, I would really like to focus on the nonprofit portion of this and really increase people's awareness of this this profession. Because again, it's afforded me a lifestyle and an income that otherwise, you know, wouldn't have been possible so quickly. After receiving my four-year degree, I think within three or four years, I was licensed and licensed surveyors in Washington state in particular bring down well over $100,000 a year easily. And it goes upwards from that, you know, just depending on where you land. It's such a great opportunity that we can utilize for ourselves and for our families. At the time when I graduated from college, I was a single mom. And had I not had my education and my background, I would have struggled to provide for my son and myself. And I can't imagine what it's like for other women in a similar situation, women and men. You know, I've hired a lot of ex-military veterans, really fit well into the surveying lifestyle because they, they enjoy being out the doors, they enjoy hiking, and they really know what it means to have a great worth ethic and show up on time and provide a great, a great 
service to somebody who is willing to pay, you know, a lot of money for it. And the land surveyors that are really good and they do quality work and they show up on time and manage jobs well, make a lot of money, period. <laughs> um, yeah, I can, I can see why you'd want to spread the word about this because it's such a great opportunity and I, and I love your passion. Oh, thank you so much. You know, we got really got to thank Marissa for getting us together. She she is so passionate about this profession, even though tell she's us, just... Tell us who Marissa is. Marissa is the new NCWES land surveying promotion agent, kind of, I guess. That's probably not her exact title, but that's what I'm going to call her. (laughs) And she actually hooked me up with you all. She thought I would make a great guess. And I think after having listened to a few of your podcasts, I'm going to have to agree because, I mean, you all just fall into so much in line with how I feel about surveying and women who work in, you know, male-dominated industries. And it's kind of a pioneer. (laughs) feeling within us women that feel like this, that we love working for ourselves. We love owning our own businesses. We love being in control of our own destinies and empowering women to be able to make their decisions over their lives is that's life changing for people. So important. And a lot of these careers are, as you mentioned with surveying, very lucrative that you can make so much, such a good living at some of these fields. And a lot of women don't consider them because they're not aware of them. And as you mentioned, even a lot of people don't consider them because they're not aware of them. Maybe it's not in their community or it's not in their family. So spreading the word about it is really doing a great service to people. So thank you. Really appreciate that, Amanda. Well, thank you, Emily. Thank you for having me. It's been great talking, serving with you. Well, I'm so happy you were able to join us on the Hazard Girls podcast. We definitely want to know where our listeners can get in touch with you and also get in touch with uh, NSPS or maybe learn more about the organization. Yeah, great. You can follow me on Instagram at Amanda the Surveyor, and it's spelled S-U-R-V-E-Y-O-R. If you're interested in pursuing a career in land surveying, becomeasurveyor.com is a great resource. And another great resource to look at careers and benefits is actually the NSPS website, which is the National Society of Professional Surveyors, and it's nsps.us.com. Great. Well, we've learned so much about surveying, and I'm sure it's opened many of our listeners' eyes up to this career possibility. So it's just really gratifying to see so many women thriving in these fields, and you're just a prime example of that. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Amanda. Well, thank you, Emily, for the opportunity, too. I really appreciate it. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.